It's the 120 Podcast. Winter break is over. We are going to release an episode on Friday. We still intend on doing so, but we cut it just a few days short. We sat down. We said we're going to get in front of the mics because Shota Imanaga is a member of your Chicago Cubs. Finally, after 84 years of nothing, Ben and I had said we were going to call it early on our winter break if there was a move. We said on Christmas morning we would have recorded if there was a move. And literally it took until, what day is it today? January 9th. Too long, too long. It's the longest drought in sports, as many have said. The <laughs> Cubs have finally signed a free agent, and not just any free agent. They signed one of the marquee arms still left on the board from the Japanese, from the, excuse me, Korean Baseball League or Japanese? No, it was the, it was the Japanese Baseball Most recently, the Oklahoma Bay Stars of Perfect. the Japanese Baseball League, yeah. He's one. He was one of the best arms left on the market, left-hander, and the Cubs managed to get him. I've been saying all offseason that this should be one of their prime targets, and I'm happy I got this one right. So super exciting times on the north side that the Cubs finally got an arm for that rotation. Let's talk about Shota. He is a great ball player, obviously, at 30 years old. That number might scare some people, that, that 3-0. Uh, but considering Chris Bryant turned 32 yesterday, which scared me to, to read, I didn't. I forgot how old he was, uh, it makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, Imanaga has a 3.18 ERA in a league generally seen as one of the better. That's not the MLB. Uh, paraphrasing this as well from an article from Baseball Insider. And also, um, sub-3 ERA figure in the last two years. So we are getting him in the prime of his career, at least overseas. Looking at the ball player we're going to get in the MLB, will he keep up a two-point-something ERA? We can only hope. But a player that I'll let Ben take the lead now, we're getting for a decent price for that ERA. Yeah, that's probably the most interesting part of this all because I think a lot of people were kind of wondering what this contract might look like. And I know a couple of days ago, the reporting on his free agency has been really weird because obviously – we tomorrow as this will be posted tonight. So Thursday or excuse me, two days from now, Thursday will be his official last day of his window of posting date. So the Cubs just have to have it finalized by then, which I think they will. So no contract details yet, but there's been a lot of uh, conflicting reports so far about what his contract looks like. It looks like it's going to be right around $15 million a year. And what Jim Bowden says, it's going to be 15 for two so 30 million dollars for two that could become a four-year deal for 80 based on incentives and and whatnot and performance i would assume um so yeah uh a good deal for the cubs i think for a guy that you just said it is in the prime of his career one of the best pitchers um in japan and probably the second best baseball league in the in on earth besides yeah. major league baseball. And we already know there's, there's been a lot of uh, players coming from that league over this, uh, this past, this off season. And he was kind of the, the last big one left. So Cubs were able to finally poach him over. And I think on a really good deal too. You saw, we talked a lot about how the Cubs went for Yamamoto and then he went to the Dodgers for an insane number, considering he's yet to throw even a ceremonial first pitch in the MLB. We look at a guy who's 30, though, and is yeah. in the prime of his career, at least overseas. I understand the Cubs going for it on this contract, even at his age. I don't know what it's going to be. We talked before we started rolling about this rumor that it could be only two years with a four-year option. That sounds solid to me. Um, I was I would hope that it leans more on the four-year side. I mean, who knows? This could be a complete disaster. But 
if it is going well, you know, you would think he still has at least four or five solid years left in his arm and then probably way more. I mean, every contract you sign in Major League Baseball, you're taking a risk, right? Right. So I think you're getting a, a good deal for a guy that has some really great potential. And me and you talked about it before the show started. Obviously, the Mets signed Kodai Senga last offseason. He was 29 when he came over, and he looked yeah. phenomenal last year. Probably yeah. would have won the Rookie of the Year if it weren't for Corbin Carroll. And it even goes back to uh, Masahiro Tanaka was around 30 years old when he came over from Japan to go to the Yankees. And he, uh, if if you could get Mas, if you could get Masahiro Tanaka out of Shota, Shota Imanaga, I, I'm not complaining whatsoever. If you can get a couple of good years of uh, Shoto Imanaga, Shota Imanaga. We've seen Ta, we've seen O. I, all, all arrows lean towards it's Shota. So we're going to keep saying Shota. We had some reporters saying Shoto. We saw some reporters saying Shota. We had Ben and I texting it different ways. But everyone that we think is reputable and the internet says Shota. Um, so it's Showtime. And we don't mean Otani on the north side. I would have to assume that Saya had a big play in uh, getting him over here, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I think that's such a – it's like a – you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, oh, you know, if we got some random American player, would would Paul Goldschmidt have anything to do? You know what I mean? If a Cardinals got someone <laughs> yeah. just because of the World Baseball Classic. It's like a kind of like, oh, but you, you would think those Japanese guys, they're being less with them in the MLB, probably do stick together. They have that bond of winning gold at the World Baseball Classic. I would think he probably at least talked to him. I mean, you hear that – uh, different guys were helping recruit each other to the Dodgers. And so I would think that that is a, a common denominator. That's for sure. I like how the Cubs at this point is like the Dodgers are the Mecca of like, ja- like uh, Japanese baseball with Yoshi yeah. and Shohei. Shohei. But we're right under that now yeah. with Shota and Seiya. So yeah. I would say we have maybe not Yoshi and Shohei, but after that, when you're looking at Japanese players across the MLB, I would say that the third and fourth best is, Seiya, yeah. besides Kodai, obviously, yeah, with besides the Senga, Mets, yeah. but Seiya and Shota. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's going to be so many good obvious shirts. I've, we oh, were yeah. talking about this. Well, we haven't gotten into the philosopher mantra yet. His nickname out east is uh, is the philosopher. So we have the out philosopher. east, out west? I don't even know what it would be. I guess it's, out it's west. Like the, the, earth, the earth is so is, is a circle. So I guess you would probably west because it'd be faster to go that way. But I guess if you went east, it would be you'd still get there for us it's west yeah so whatever his nickname out west is the philosopher so we have the philosopher and the professor the philosopher and the professor that's gonna that's gonna be one of them i know that for sure something i think we could talk about is obviously this is exciting and we've been waiting so so long for a deal to come to fruition but i think what's even more exciting about this is jet is finally cooking and Mm. we talked about this three weeks ago about don't panic. There's still so many free agents on the board. And I think, I think we were expecting something to happen in the three weeks, three week, what was it? Two and a half, three week hiatus. We took, yeah. I think people are expecting something to happen. And yeah. I was, I was even getting a little weary because we, no matter what, we were going to record an episode this week. Yeah. Whether it was with Shota or not. I'm just happy Jed's cooking. And the best part about it is the free agents, that we were talking about three weeks ago, they're still on the board. Right. A lot of them really are. Well, this could be the big domino, right? We keep talking about this, this domino, this figurative, you know, big first move that'll open the the dam, that'll break it. 
Um, and that for us for a long time, we said that was going to be Cody Bellinger. But I think what's holding true is what we talked about last time we recorded a, a couple days before Christmas, which was Cody Bellinger might be that last piece. Cody Bellinger might be the player that doesn't sign until February. And that's it's looking like that's what's going to happen. I mean, CubsCon yeah. is this weekend, and it looks like it'll be a Cody Bellinger-less CubsCon with that dark cloud hanging over it. And there, Jed, as always at CubsCon, is probably going to have kind of like a oh, we're working towards potentially signing. You know what I mean? Like, and that's I don't blame him for speaking to it like that as he always does. So I wish that it was kind of refined. It's a good thing they went and signed Shota, so they have something to show off uh, at this Cubs convention to the stakeholders. But the Bellinger thing is still kind of be, going to be hanging over everyone's head for at least, I would think, another month. And it might not even be Bellinger. It's just about replacing that bat if you're not going to bring Bellinger right. back. But everyone wants Cody Bellinger yeah. back at this point. I don't know. That That's obviously, I think, once we record again on Friday, that's a conversation we could have talking about uh, Mr. Bellinger and what the fallout might be, uh, whether he signs or not with the Chicago Cubs. But right now, I think we could just – be really happy that Jed yes. is bringing yes. some new tool to uh Cubs convention, because if not, I don't know what that convention yeah. would have looked like if they did not sign a free agent before that. And you know what might be even more fun? How about you just bring in, bring in a couple, one more guy before Cubs convention. I don't want to get greedy, but you know, be pretty electric if they did. I feel, I feel the weekend. Yeah. I feel really good right now with Shoda. Let's do yeah. it again. Let the, call, I love it though. Call up I Reese. love it. I love a good Reese. I love a great starting pitcher uh, to join this rotation. I think that could be huge, especially with the prospect of losing Marcus Stroman, um, with the prospect of returning a lot of your good young guys and the returning of of Kyle Hendricks. I think it could be huge for this team. You talk about calling up Reese. We'll talk more about it in a in a bigger episode on Friday, in addition to an interview um, yet to be announced, but in a big interview. But I want to mention something that I was thinking a lot about during our little hiatus, Ben. There's another first baseman that I kind of like if Bellinger falls through and if Reese Hoskins falls through. And I, I don't know if you saw my tweet about it. Interesting. He's a, he's a friend. Not a friend of the pod, but a friend of the division. I guess. He's an enemy or a friend? I don't know. Carlos Santana? No, no. Think bigger. <laughs> um, a Career player for a different team in our same... I definitely didn't see your tweet. It's okay. It was I think I tweeted I tweeted it on December 30th. So it probably fell through the 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 filter. Even though I know you're you're a Twitter um fiend, so I figured you saw it or X fiend. So no, I'll go through with it. And I think this is gonna get taught with mixed reactions if it does happen, but I think Joey Votto could get a look from the Cubs as a third option. Interesting. Um and I knew he was good at Wrigley Field, so I used StatMuse and I figured out like what he actually did at Wrigley Field over his you know career thus far. Uh, if this isn't it, I remember a specific game. I was there in 2021 where he hit two home runs into the bleachers. So in addition to those two in 118 games, 321 batting average, 26 home runs, 75 RBIs and 140 hits as a member of the Reds playing at Wrigley field. You know, this is over years where he won an MVP and he was in a way yeah. better spot in his career. I think if all else fails, it could be a really nice signing for the Cubs or even if all else doesn't fail. I think if you can get them for the right price, I think that's a decent deal. That's a that's a good one. I kind of like that. Someone it's, we haven't really talked about yet. No. And I think I don't think we want to talk about that yet because I feel like a lot of Cubs fans would be like, oh, Eric Cosmer, Trey Mancy. Right. That's that's again. what I compared it to that, in my head. That, that's what people are scared about. But you know, if you do strike out on some guys, 
that is a that is yeah. a good potential um match i don't know we'll see yeah toronto makes a lot of sense for him right yeah, especially yeah. if they do end up striking out on bellinger because we take him or i don't know it's such a weird off season because yeah. i feel like and it really only kind of heated up over the last couple of days when jim Bowden talked about and we could we could mention this a little bit is there really hasn't been a lot of rumors, and I think it's because people are holding it close to the vest after the whole John Morosi situation. Uh-huh. And honestly, that's a good thing because, you know, most rumors that these insiders bring up are usually kind of false or just trying to talk. But um, yesterday, Bowden brought up a, a situation saying that Cubs have significant offers on the table with four Boris clients. Cody Ballinger, obviously. Matt Chapman, Reese Hoskins, and Jordan Montgomery. Who knows if that Jordan Montgomery one still has a uh, any play to it. But the Cubs do need another pitcher if they weren't willing to go after that. So I don't know. I, what do you what do you think about that? Matt? I'd love Matt Chapman on this team too. I mean, not not that I wouldn't love all four, but that's another name that I forget about sometimes. That'd be awesome for this team. And remember how last year I was thinking a lot about it. How it was all mostly before Christmas last year. So about or past a year ago by now, but it was like every day there was something new. And it was like, what are they doing? Like, this is awesome. Like they got Danny, yeah. they got Cody, and they're putting together this team. And maybe that's still coming for the Cubs this offseason. I mean, this offseason has been a bit uh, of a delayed fire so far, with the exception of Shohei Otani and a, and a couple other Dodgers names. The other teams really haven't been satisfied yet. So I think there's going to be some um, heating up still to go. And I think that could still happen for the Cubs where they get, you know, two or three more guys at least one or two that are all-star level and then one or two more that really benefit this team. I'll say, I'll say this. There's still a lot that needs to be done. Obviously we, we all know that, but you signing Shota alongside the move of Craig council. I think you just moved your off season up from a D to a C. Yeah. Right. I'm not even going to call it a C yet because I don't even think, yeah, it's weird. They haven't flipped the page. Like you got it. Like they're only on the front side. They got to do the rest of the offseason before I call it a C. Because in my eyes, you still, got, you still got plenty of time and plenty of points available in those other guys like Cody Bellinger and Reese Hoskins and Matt Chapman. And <clears throat> you you signed the biggest managerial contract in baseball history and a very solid international arm. I yeah. Just at surface level, whether how long it took or how unorthodox it was, it's a solid offseason thus far on paper. Yeah. I It's weird because we just – we shit on this team for how many days? Like 94 straight since Craig Council signed? Yeah. It's been something crazy like that. 94? Wow. It's been a long time. Wow. And I think everyone kind of expected the Cubs to just, after the Council move, because it was so shocking to go guns blazing. But this is, we had to realize, this is how Jed Hoyer is. And I also think Jed doesn't want to make the same kind of mistakes he made last offseason with Tucker and Eric and... uh Trey Mancini, you know, he wants Cubs that are going to be here for a long time and make a, a lasting impact to try and make this team really great. Three great immaculate grids for 10 years from now. Tucker Barnhart, Eric Cosmer, Trey Mancini, all career Cub legends, I guess. Real quick, before we wrap this one, because we want to save some content for our end of the week episode, new episode on Friday. I'm going to give my soapbox of the day, and you kind of alluded to it with the whole tentative reporting. In both football and baseball and life and sports and everything, be be cautious of what you believe 
in your sourcing and your tweeting and I'm not going to call anyone out directly, but there was some bears tweeting today that was really making me mad about, uh, how to, how to break a story and how to, um, you know, yeah, make people excited about something. When, when we're hearing that Matt Eberflus might be leaving the bears. Oh, that's shocking. Stop the press. Right. Like that. Where's the, where's the news in that? There's no news in that. There's no story to break in that. So be cautious and be aware that not every story is, is something to get on an emergency pod for. Real quick, while you uh, you mentioned that. That's my I soapbox. Like, I like it, though. I like it. Though. Yeah. Are we going to be talking Bears on Friday's episode? I think we should. I want to. I have, I, think a, we should. I have a lot of opinions that I want to talk about. And, you know, we've always kind of talked about it. Like, we want to stay away from the Bears. But the best part, the best part about football season – being a bears fan is the off season it always yeah. is so yeah. i got i have plenty of opinions that i want to put out there we, we've been talking about it on the side a little bit just about our thoughts and feelings about other people talking about uh bears football i i i i i'm fine talking to you and putting it out to the world because no one else can cut me off yeah that's <laughs> that's a great point too <laughs> Um, this team that I don't even know how much I want to talk about the bears, but we'll have to dip in and do it. Uh, you can't have one without the other, the Cubs without the bears. Uh, I told my mom the other day after the bears lost two things. I just, I can't wait for baseball season. And I just feel so different about the bears sometimes because with the, with the Cubs, like even when the Cubs choked their way out of the playoffs in September, I still kind of sat down for the playoffs the first week of October. And I was just like, okay, I love baseball. The Cubs will be back. They're going to do the right things. It's fine. And like now I don't even really want to watch the NFL playoffs. Really? But I do, but I don't because it's not, it's not even like it's, I will anyway, because I like football, but it's not even like I thought the bears would make it. It's just that I'm so footballed out. I wish I just could watch it, but I, I get so into the bears and I'm just, and then I finally kind of got to a point this season where I was like, Oh, it is what it is. And then the last two weeks I got into it after fields is such a great game and week 17 and then week 18 in green Bay, I sit down, I had my bear stuff on again for the first time since probably week two, I'm sitting there, I'm all ready. And it's abysmal. I just yeah. am so done with the, with all of it, but I, I, will- I know week one by next year, I'll be sitting there again. I, I like this. I like this conversation because I did notice that when we were in baseball season, you did not care about the Bears oh, whatsoever. And then there was probably like a dry spell for you of just not <laughs> tweeting anything about the Bears. And then all of a sudden, just like probably, probably the timeline, timeline, time probably right around when we got done with school, you just went all in. You know, your tweets <laughs> were the Bears. I don't know if it's because the Cubs were making moves in the offseason or what, but you were just... Well, you were, love- full, you were a full on Bears fan again, brother. I was, well, I was boycotting for a little bit, but then I got back into it when I got home because there was nothing else going on. Like you said, the Cubs, are, the Cubs are doing nothing. I went to a Hawks game. It was so much fun. I was trying to get back into the Blackhawks as much as I could, but now Badsy's going to have to start wearing a full cage as soon as he comes back. So uh, <laughs> we're at, we're on a hiatus as long as Connor Bedard's not playing. Um, but I, I know, but- together, oh, the Bulls were good for a while. I was into the Bulls again for like a day. But that's why that's what I was gonna say. That's my favorite part about Chicago sports right now is because I consider myself a, like a, a big fan of everything. But the best part about Chicago sports is that you don't really have to be super invested to understand what's going on. No. Like you could just kind of like peek. Like that's what I've kind of been with the Bears and or excuse me with the Bulls and Blackhawks more than anything. It's kind of just like I'm peeking my head at them. I see the Bulls are kind of putting something together a little bit. Yeah. I'm like. Okay, I'm vibing with this. I'm checking their box scores every night. The Blackhawks, it's like 
right now I, I could give two craps because Connor yeah. Bedard ain't playing, but nope. um thank part two. Yeah, this is a complete soapbox, but I love it. I think I think people yeah. want this content after yeah. after the little hiatus. We had a little break. Well, that's what I've been doing during break. See, I've made this exact comparison on the pod before, but I love the scene from this movie um, with uh, Michael Kay and uh, and Adam Sandler and Grown Ups Two when when Adam Sandler and and Cameron Boys are kicking the field goals, and then Michael Kay walks up and he's like seeing him kick the field goals, and then he breaks his leg. He's like, "Oh, that guy's dead." And he turns around. Yeah. That was me watching the Bulls. Like it was, it was like, oh man, they're doing okay for like two weeks. We're in the play-in seed. What? And I was watching. I was like, oh, the Bulls playing. I'll sit and watch. And then they lost like two games in a row last week against the Sixers and the Knicks, just like in embarrassing fashion. And then Zach Levine came back, which has never been good. And I was just like, oh, you know what? What, what time are the Hawks on? Yeah, what time are the Hawks on? And then Bedard got hurt. So thank God for Shota, right? Shota, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. We we I think we're gonna have a lot to talk about these next couple of weeks. Obviously, you teased our Friday episode, still putting together kind of like a game plan of what we're gonna talk about. But um we got an interview coming. We got an interview, and that's mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. Um someone that if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard his voice before. Probably. Yeah, yeah it's uh it's another friend, not like a friend within the realm of fellow podcasters, I guess. Yeah. And it, there's another random connection for us. I, I won't get into more detail, but there's another random connection we'll talk about on the pod between specifically me and the guy we're going to have on. So, oh, we just let loose that it's a guy. So, other yeah, than it's, that, uh, it's Michael be, Jordan. Yo, no. He he was busy. I, I tried. He was busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, um, the with, with, oh, speaking of which, congrats to Michigan, by the way. This will be the end of our podcast. Congrats to the national champs. Bring Harbaugh home. The big three steps. Um, win the national championship, get, well, get signed to come coach for the bears, draft JJ McCarthy and buy Michael Jordan's house. That's the, that's the four, the four big tools for, for Harbaugh. We could take out number three. <laughs> Fine. Uh, what was the first one? Sign with the bear or win the national championship, sign with the bears, buy Michael Jordan's house, potentially yeah. draft JJ McCarthy. <laughs> you, well, you, you are just anti JJ McCarthy because he would have been a brother rice guy if he wouldn't have, if he wouldn't have gone to Nazareth or IMG. I didn't go to Brother Ice. No, I know. I'm saying that's why you don't like him because, because you're saying like he would have been your rival. No, he's just he's a tool. He's a he's Russell Wilson part two, bro. Did you see him like sitting there meditating by the goalposts? I always do. They have, like, he's, such he's such a corn. He's such a corn is kind of a ball. ball. He's he a, is corn kind of a corn ball. ball. I wouldn't say he's reached the And there is some like there. no 100%. But no, he might but, get there. There's a, I just think if you're from the Illinois area and you didn't go to Nazareth, just not a fan. You're just not a fan of this kid. Um, I he's assume- a he's a he's a he's a good he's a good football player. I'll give I'll give good him guy, his, I'll give him good his guy who I know, Luke Lawrence, brother rice guy who plays baseball at ISU, uh, walked on our team last year and, and it was a great guy, great player too. Yeah, played youth hockey with JJ McCarthy and I was talking to him about it yesterday. Just, just like the random connection today, because some random hockey account posted about it. They're like, you know, yeah. before JJ McCarthy was a great, you know, football player, he was a Chicago-based youth hockey player. And then the kid no, yeah. in the picture with him was a young Luke Lawrence. So funny. he, uh, his, uh, JJ's name is in the rafters at a, a local ice arena by us. Really? Yeah. So my one, my roommate actually at home was a, a big time youth hockey player, and he's like, "Yep, yeah, my name's in those rafters too." Yeah. So it's like so I'm there. I'm there with the national champion. He's basically a national champion. You're basically exactly. a national champion for having known him, and I guess I am too. 
yeah, I I've skated on that ice before. So yeah, there's your answer. I mean, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. You're basically national champ now. How's it feel? I mean, it's 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 amazing. I can't wait for it to get vacated. You can't <laughs> you can't call JJ a cornball without talking about Harbaugh's quote. I was where I was last night. It was muted, but I so I'm gonna I'm gonna quote my brother, paraphrase my brother, and I, you can confirm to me if he actually said this or not because I didn't see it. Harbaugh said something, I guess, about like. They put the mic in his face as soon as they won. He was like, each of these pieces of confetti tells a different story or something oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> he There's sounded no like, he, no, he, and he was taking a while to put it together. He sounded like uh, a certain someone that I know, um, not going to name any names, but he's a famous politician. Took him a while to put his <laughs> words, <laughs> took him a while to put his words together. It was so funny. We were all sitting there watching the game and he's just like trying to figure out how he could make a, a connection to the confetti and the best part is is after he ended up putting it together they ran with that because svp asked him later that night was like you you talk about the confetti and uh, how each one has a story <laughs> he's like you know i'm gonna have a better idea once the confetti's rested yeah your idea is gonna be that you're coaching in the nfl <laughs> go get your check buddy joey molinaro who's a great Follow does a great impression of Harbaugh as he does for everyone else. That's somebody I'd love to have on the pod. He's like, I think he's a Cubs fan too. Yeah. That's somebody I'd is. love to have on the pod sometime just to hear his impressions. All right. That got off the rails. Shoda, great signing for the Cubs. Super excited about it. Um, we wanted to hop on, do this, another late night special. We're over from break. That'll be probably the title of this one. Break is over and with it, uh, a big, a big signing. So we'll be back on Friday with an interview with more Ben, with more me and more Cubs. Thank you and go Cubbies.